May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all of God's children said, Amen. Excuse me, apologize for the raspiness. The pollen level is pretty high the last couple of days. So uh, We're pretty familiar with Psalm 23. We just sang a little bit about it. I'm going to talk a little bit about it, but I'm going to talk about Jesus in chapter 10 of John today as well. But we know that in Psalm 23, the shepherd leads us, leads us beside the cool waters. But here in our time, the shepherd weighs the sheep beside the cool waters. And while he or she does that, weighs the sheep beside the cool waters, he's sitting or she's sitting at their laptop miles away from where the sheep are. We have this image of a shepherd, like a Bedouin shepherd where they have a crook in their hand, there's flowing robes, Middle Eastern head covering, maybe a long beard, dusty, dirty looking. We remember a a young David tending his father's flocks alone in the cold, battling lions and bears, engaging the God of creation in in songs and in poems that he would later put into the Psalms. And now consider today's shepherd. Some have called today's shepherd the electronic shepherd. With a Bluetooth headset on, a smartphone on their belt, maybe a tablet, maybe they have a cup of coffee, they're sitting on their deck, perched next to their laptop with a GPS receiver next to them. They sit remote from where the flock is watching the sun come up on a, on a morning. They've exchanged their, their crook for a tablet, for a Bluetooth headset, for a GPS receiver, or maybe they've decided as they're watching their flock electronically, they're playing a game on their tablet or on their phone while they're still working. All around the world, sheep ranchers are using cutting-edge technology and applying them to this age-old profession. Ranchers attach tiny GPS responders to the ears of of baby lambs, and as these sheep grow up, they can be watched from a computer, smartphone, tablet. Throughout the day, the sheep move freely from grazing areas to drinking areas to sleeping areas. Each channel between these areas is wide enough for only one sheep to pass at a time. And as they pass between these fenced-in zones, these Transponders alert the shepherds where they're going and when. A spokesperson for the Australian sheep industry says, we can keep tabs on a single sheep from the time it is a little lamb to the time that it becomes lamb chops. However, the main advantage is in sheep handling because the transponders allow the sheep to make their own decisions without being hassled by people or by dogs. The system itself operates through solar power and consists of a a bunch of components that includes these electronic tags, an automated yard system, a software package, internet communication. One time project coordinator Bill Murray said, you can be in Sydney, Australia and be able to see what your animals are doing on the farm and pre-program to sort them out. It certainly sounds by some of the research that allowing this kind of free range grazing of these sheep without being pushed around by dogs or people, 
doesn't help their self-esteem, but being unhassled and unhurried actually makes their meat more tender, if that makes sense. <laughs> Apparently, sheep and their autonomy equals appetite appeal for people who want to buy these kind of, quote-unquote, free-range sheep. But beyond tastier flocks, these e-shepherds also have well-organized flocks. Remotely controlled gates determine which grazing and drinking areas they go to and for how long that they stay there. Electronic scales are placed within each passageway so that every time a sheep is kind of shepherded from one area to another, the sheep can be weighed as it passes through that one sheep gate. As a fully grown sheep passes through, a side gate opens, sending it into a yard for those animals who may be headed to the market. As a pregnant ewe nears her birth weight, it may pass through a gate sent to the prenatal area. In the future, they're hoping that animals due for a vaccination will be given a remote shot as they pass through this gate, and that diseased animals can be detected and quarantined through a different section. All of this is done from a distance, all of it without human contact, all electronically. What would have happened if David had controlled his flocks in this kind of electronic shepherding fashion? Maybe if they had the means then, he would have blogged about the Psalms instead of actually writing them. Maybe he would have text messaged Jonathan. Maybe instead of throwing a stone at Goliath, maybe he sent a fatal hard drive virus. So what are the lessons we get from this e-shepherding? 21st century technoculture metaphors are certainly light years away from what we look at and read about in our scriptures. The agricultural culture and the metaphors that Jesus uses are light years away from us. In our scripture from chapter 10 of the Gospel of John, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, is, is so not like that impersonable, impersonal techno-shepherd. Here, as well as elsewhere in the Gospel, he uses this shepherding metaphor to an audience who will understand it. He's the shepherd, his followers are the sheep. So to understand what Jesus wants us to understand, we have to culturally unpack and translate what this shepherding and sheep imagery really means. We know so little about sheep, right? I mean, most of what we know, we say they aren't very bright. There's no parlor game question that as you're playing games with friends, that they say, which is the smartest animal, and you say the sheep. No such thing. That won't happen. Sadly, or maybe this is the way it's designed, they sleep and eat in the same fields where they defecate and urinate. They blindly follow each other all around in an unimaginative herd mentality. They obviously they need to be constantly provided for and protected so they don't starve to death or become lunch for the nearby wolf. So is this the way that, that Jesus really wants us to see ourselves? As sheep? Not very bright? Some of it, I say yes. Others, well, maybe not. But what is clear is the sheep are needy. And they not only need a shepherd, they need a good shepherd. Good ones take their job seriously. Good ones take care of the sheep. They protect, they defend, they lead the sheep to those still waters and green pastures. 
They lay down their lives for the sheep. They look for the lost sheep. In Jesus' day, shepherds didn't have the the financial means to own a lot of sheep. So many were mercenary caregivers hired to live and sleep with those larger herds. Many were 8 to 12-year-old boys who were in the family business out in the field because few opportunities existed for them elsewhere. In our Western career class system, shepherds wouldn't be white-collar or blue-collar. They'd be no-collar. Is that the kind of shepherd that Jesus is? I don't think so. One scholar says that in this scripture, it's not like every sheep analogy carries meaning for us or that sheep are commended as models for our imitation. They say sheep in the fullness of their animal existence are neither a good model for Christian life nor any other kind of human life. But we still have to dig deep. What does this short passage ask our e-shepherd culture to understand about Jesus, the good shepherd? and his relationship with the sheep who follow him. John emphasizes two important pieces, I think, here in the very beginning of this scripture. Remember what time it is. It's the time of the festival of dedication. We know it better as Hanukkah, which is the Jewish celebration of the rededication of the temple after Antiochus desecrated it while trying to force Greek religion and philosophy upon them. The place that this happened is the portico of Solomon, the only remaining relic of Solomon's sacred temple which still stood, and the place where the Jewish king would make judgments and exercise justice. Remember that. This is a specific time and a specific place. The Jewish kings would use this spot. So in walks this controversial rabbi teaching radical ideas taking controversial positions at a time when Jewish culture was in the presence of Roman occupation, when the traditions and history of the Jewish religion were being honored and glorified. And Jesus is doing this in the very place where God's kings had always spoken to God's people. So they come up and they question him. How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. There's no suspense, right? They know exactly what he's saying because of when, the Feast of Dedication, and where, Solomon's portico. That's where this is happening. They know the answer to that question. They know it. They know what he's saying because of when and where he's saying it. But they want him to say it plainly. Who does this shepherd really claim to be? He claims there on those steps, that portico, someone who works in the Father's name. The shepherd is someone whose sheep hear his voice, who knows the sheep, whose sheep follow him, who gives to his followers eternal life, who defends his sheep because no one will snatch them out of my hand. The shepherd is someone who is one with the father. And the father won't let his sheep be snatched out of his hand. In his book, Simply Christian, scholar N.T. Wright shares that human yearning for things like justice and relationships and beauty 
are what he calls echoes of a voice. Think about our scripture today. They know my voice. On the deeper spiritual level, these universal desires are pointing to the author, perfecter, and fulfiller of our faith. While these hopes can be met incompletely out in the world today, these hopes that we have can only be met perfectly and completely through Jesus as the good shepherd. I think it's fair to say that Jesus is no e-shepherd because he engages his sheep one-on-one, not remotely. He maintains affection and closeness in order to meet the needs of the sheep. He's at least within voice distance. He's hands-on. He's high-touch. Jesus speaks of his sheep in front of an audience who does not fit that category, though. You do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. Not everyone is a sheep of this shepherd. And in saying that out loud, it points out a difficulty and sobering reality for us. The shepherd does not crook beat people into following him. He allows for some goats instead of all the sheep. But those who are Christ's followers are described this way. My sheep hear my voice. For entreat sheep then or now, there's a natural question that comes from the scripture. How do we hear the shepherd's voice? Is it like Moses who heard from God clearly at Sinai? Is it like Elijah who heard the the sound of sheer silence as God spoke? Or is it like pastor and author Rob Bell as he described his call to preaching when he said, I heard a voice, not audible, loud, or human kind of voice, but inner words spoken somewhere in my soul that were very clear and very concise. What I heard was, teach this book and I will take care of everything else. Don't we all long to hear that kind of a voice like those have experienced? Notice though that Jesus describes voice hearing in in this way. I know them and they follow me. When Jesus knows the sheep, he does so eternally, and they are offered the shepherd's protection and security. But this security is not earthly. Sheep may lose their life, their financial comfort, their social acceptance because of what they believe in faith. Yet those who have heard the saving call of God and are hearing it, and hearing the saving call of God and who have responded and still responding today, can never lose their souls or their relationship with the shepherd. Hearing his voice includes being known by the shepherd. Maybe the question then that we need to consider is, how does one know or hear the voice of the shepherd so that we can be obedient and follow? I mean, many of us think that sheep are not the most intelligent and brightest animals. But the fact is, there are studies that show sheep have remarkable memory capabilities. They're able to pick out a particular face in a line of pictures. Some can remember up to 50 images for almost two years. Sheep also have keen hearing, which makes it possible for them to discern the voice of their shepherd from so many other voices. And they will always move toward the person they perceive to be a friend, especially if that friend feeds the sheep. 
The sheep understand shepherd language and the shepherd understands sheep language. The people who respond to Jesus' message and witnessed his, his miracles of healing and love and grace knew that it was only through Jesus that they would be spiritually fed and their lives would be at peace, both in the present age and in the one to come. It was his voice that promised, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Sheep aren't as dumb as we think, but sometimes that metaphor of us being sheep breaks down because even if we know and even with hearing the good shepherd's voice, the problem is not that we, the sheep of his pasture, don't recognize the shepherd's voice. The problem becomes we recognize it, but we refuse to listen. Or worse, we listen selectively. We have no problem listening when the voice of the shepherd is offering comfort and reassurance. When in our lives there is life hanging in the balance and we're with friends and loved ones and someone shares the scripture, remember Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. It provides great comfort but remember who provides the comfort in that scripture. The good shepherd himself makes those words work for us. He did lay down his life for the world of his own choosing and has received power from God to take it up again. Listening to the voice of the good shepherd in those words, we can listen to that too. But when the shepherd calls us to follow him, Sometimes more than listen, we'd rather not go through the valley of the shadow of death. We'd rather not do self-denial or obedience or self-sacrifice or unconditional love. That's when we don't hear so well, when we choose not to, when we're scared. And when we're scared like sheep, we don't do the brightest things. We take a wrong turn. We, we make wrong decisions. We become self-destructive, self-absorbed. And sometimes, sometimes, we'll even forsake and deny the shepherd and turn to a bogus shepherd whose surprise turns out to be a wolf in shepherd's clothing. In a world that's increasingly more scattered and scared, our job as Christ's church is to speak the sheep language. That is to constantly and compassionately Translate and transmit the voice of the good shepherd to those who are lost, who are hurting, and who are alone. It's all about following Jesus' example and welcoming everyone into the fold. Even we sheep should be able to understand that. When's the last time you sense God leading you to the still waters and green pastures? When was the last time you listened and followed? When did you choose to listen selectively? When have you been asked to follow Jesus even when you knew it was going to cost you something? As sheep of his flock, we regularly hear from our shepherd and we are to trust his voice and then follow. And then follow. As I was studying a little bit more about shepherds, it's almost as though Every shepherd who is tending a flock has a different call. 
Their voices may be similar, but the way they call the flock and the way the flock knows them is through the way they're called with that voice. Jesus does the same thing. He's speaking to each and every one of us. The problem today is we have so much noise out there telling us who we are and what we're called to do. When in reality, there's only one voice we should be listening to. The good shepherds. Take time to be holy. Speak oft with the Lord. Pick up that Bible. Read those scriptures. Pray. The only way we're going to hear the voice is to study. Sometimes we need to set ourselves aside in the quiet to be able to hear. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't speak through all the noise. It's a question of training ourselves to be able to hear that voice so we can follow, so we can listen and follow. Amen. We come together as God's children.